Hey guys, I'm going to do a, a, a new little segment on Wednesdays called the Written Word Wednesdays, though you're not going to be reading it because you're listening to it, um, but I will be reading it, and uh, it's just kind of not stuff I wrote, but uh, short little short stories or poems. We're going to start with this book called uh, Joyce Kilmer's Anthology of Catholic Poets. Don't worry, the government's not going to destroy me because and and you know find me and sue me. At least I don't think because Bill Milburn told me so. Because uh, Joyce Kilmer died in 1917, and yeah, copyright starts in like 1924. So all these poems were written by Catholic authors before 1924 and are in the public domain. So yeah, just enjoy some beautiful words about God and nature by Catholic Poets. Joyce Kilmer wrote this about his the forward to this anthology of Catholic poems, and I thought it was, it was pretty cool. Well, first, Joyce Kilmer, um, born 1886 to 1918. He was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey, educated at Rutgers and Columbia Universities, where in turn, uh, he was a teacher of Latin at Morristown High School. Someone who went to Rutgers and Columbia taught at high school. That's pretty cool. Uh, editor of a trade journal, book salesman, freelance journalist, writer of articles for Harper's Magazine and New York Times, Poetry editor of the Literary Digest and Soldier. He enlisted a few days after the outbreak of World War I, went to France as a sergeant with the Rainbow Division, and was killed in action in the Battle of the Marne. Thus, in his 31st year, all of that happened before he was 31, he ended a career which had gained friends and followers across the country through his criticism and lectures, and especially through his poetry volumes, Summer of Love, Trees, and Main Street. Um, is that poetry volume that he gained acclamation for. He also edited a selection of Hilaire Belloc's verse in the present collection of Catholic poets under the titles Dreams and Images. Several essays appeared in the circus. His complete poetry and prose were later issued with a warm and illuminating memoir by Robert Cortez Holliday. So uh, I thought his introduction to this anthology was was give you a good insight on why I'm doing this just for my own sake. Cause really this is just, I want to read these poems and I figured I would just turn on the microphone and put it out there. And if you want to listen, you listen, if not, don't worry about it. Um, so introduction, he says this, this is not a collection of devotional poems. It is not an attempt to rival Orby Shipley's an admirable Carmina Mariana or any other similar anthology. What I've tried to do is to bring together the poems in English that I like best that were written by Catholics since the middle of the 19th century. There are in this book poems religious in theme. There are also love songs and war songs. But I think that it may be called a book of Catholic poems. For a Catholic is not a Catholic only when he prays. He is a Catholic in all the thoughts and actions of his life. And when a Catholic attempts to reflect in words some of the beauty of which, as a poet, he is conscious he cannot be far from prayer and adoration. The church has never been without her great poets. And in the 19th century, there was a splendid renaissance of Catholic poetry written in English. 
It had already begun when Francis Thompson wrote his essay on Shelley, in which he longed for the bygone days when poetry was the lesser sister and helpmate of the church, the minister to the mind as the church is to the soul. The members of the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood were not Catholics, but their movement was related to the renaissance of Catholic poetry. It was an attempt to restore to art and letters some of the glory of the days before what is called the Reformation. Coventry Patmore carried the theories of the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood to their logical conclusion, as Newman did those of the Tractarians. Coventry Patmore became a Catholic and found in his faith his inspiration and his theme. And his disciple Francis Thompson, born to the faith which Patmore reached by way of the divine adventure of conversion with art even greater than that of his master, made of the language of Protestant England an instrument of Catholic adoration. A few of the poets represented in this book were not yet Catholics when they wrote the poems I have quoted, but I do not think that anyone will find fault with me for including Newman and Hawker among the Catholic poets. I am very sorry that the limitation of space have made me exclude many poems dear to me, many poems that are part of the world's literary heritage. There should be many Catholic anthologies. The poet sees things hidden from other men, but he sees them only in dreams. A poet is, by the very origin of the word, a maker, but a maker of images, not a creator of life. This is a book of reflections of the beauty which mortal eyes can see only in reflection, a book of dreams of that truth which one day we shall waking understand. A book of images it is, too, containing representations carved by those who worked by the aid of memory, the strange memory of men living in faith. Joyce Kilmer, August 1917, 165th Regiment, Camp Mills, Mineola, New York. Okay, so uh, for our first installment, I'm just going to take it uh, poet by poet and read a couple of their poems and keep going. I mean, there's like probably a hundred poets, so we got years. We got years to do this. You're like, and I'm moving on. Not really. Some of y'all probably are going to love this. Oh, wow. Keep turning the page. There's so many poets. This is cool. Some of them are just have one poem, so it might do more than one poet per sit down. So I'm gonna. The first one is Hilaire Belloc. I think is it because it starts with B. Yep, they're in alphabetical order. So <laughs> interesting because Hilaire Belloc is such an important Catholic poet and writer. So real quick on Hilaire Belloc, he was born in 1870, lived till 1953, was a British French writer and historian and one of the most prolific writers in England during the early 20th century. Belloc was also an orator, poet, sailor, satirist, writer of letters, soldier, and political activist. His Catholic faith had a strong impact on his works. He was president of the Oxford Union and later an MP for Salford South from 1906 to 1910, which will come in and handy knowing that that he's from the South um, whenever we read one of his poems. He was a noted disputant. (laughs) I want to be a noted disputant. With a number of long-running feuds, Belloc became a naturalized British subject in 1902 while retaining his French citizenship. And uh, a good friend of mine, Brad Fossier, has a a book called Cautionary Tales for Children written by Belloc, which include, and he reads it to his kids, and this (laughs) includes... 
Jim, who ran away from his nurse and was eaten by a lion. <laughs> and Matilda, who told lies and was burned to death. <laughs> I mean, uh, he reads them to him. I don't know what's in there, but uh, it sounds cautionary. So, um, I'm only going to choose three of his poems. The first one is called The South Country. And I think it's, why I liked it is because it was his ode to his homeland and his particular homeland, right? I'm patriotic. I love the United States. I love America. Um, We're not perfect, but I do love the United States. But I love a section of the United States too. And I love New Orleans and South Louisiana and Baton Rouge and all of that. So, um, this is... This is his, his ode to the South Country. When I'm living in the Midlands that are sodden and unkind, I light my lamp in the evening, my work is left behind, and the great hills of the South Country come back into my mind. The great hills of the South Country, they stand along the sea, and it's there walking in the high woods that I could wish to be. And the men that were boys when I was a boy walking along with me. The men that live in North England, I saw them for a day. Their hearts are set upon the waste fells. Their skies are fast and gray. From their castle walls, a man may see the mountains far away. The men that live in West England, they see the Severn strong. A rolling on rough water brown, light aspen leaves along. They have the secret of the rocks and the oldest kind of song. But the men that live in the South Country are the kindest and most wise. They get their laughter from the loud surf and the faith in their happy eyes comes surely from our sister the spring. When over the sea she flies, The violets suddenly bloom at her feet. She blesses us with surprise. I never get between the pines, but I smell the Sussex air. Nor I never come on a belt of sand, but my home is there. And along the skyline of dawns, so noble and so bare. A lost thing could I never find, nor a broken thing mend. And I fear I shall be all alone when I get towards the end. Who will there be to comfort me, or who will be my friend? I will gather and carefully make my friends of the men of the Sussex weld. They watch the stars from silent folds. They stiffly plow the field. By them and the God of the South Country, my poor soul shall be healed. If I ever become a rich man, or if ever I grow to be old, I will build a house with a deep thatch, to shelter me from the cold. And there shall the Sussex songs be sung and the story of Sussex told. I will hold my house in the high wood within a walk of the sea and the men that were boys when I was a boy shall sit and drink with me. Delightful. Yeah, just a patriotism the virtue of patriotism, loving your fatherland, your homeland. And as you know, if you're a listener, I am currently doing genealogy. So this is hitting the old heartstrings, if you will. Um, Okay, next one, really short. It's called The Early Morning by Hilaire Belloc. The moon on the one hand, the dawn on the other. The moon is my sister, 
The dawn is my brother, the moon on my left, and the dawn on my right. My brother, good morning. My sister, good night. It's like his little shout out to St. Francis there. It's kind of cool. Um, last one is Courtesy. This is a kind of a famous Hilaire Belloc uh, poem. It's called Courtesy. And the importance of courtesy as a virtue, um, not, not the most not the most important, but I guess maybe the most practical was kind of his idea. Um, so here is, here's Courtesy by Hilaire Balak. Of courtesy, it is much less than courage of heart or holiness. Yet in my walks, it seems to me that the grace of God is in courtesy. On monks I did in Storrington Fall, they took me straight into their hall. I saw three pictures on a wall and courtesy was in them all. The first, the Annunciation. The second, the Visitation. The third, the Consolation of God that was Our Lady's Son. The first was of St. Gabriel. On wings of flame from heaven he fell, and as he went upon one knee, he shone with heavenly courtesy. Our Lady out of Nazareth rode. It was her month of heavy load. Yet was her face both great and kind, for courtesy was in her mind. The third, it was our little Lord, whom all the kings and arms adored. He was so small you could not see his large intent of courtesy. Our Lord, that was our lady's son. Go bless you people, one by one. My rhyme is written. My work is done. Well, so that's where I'll leave you. You know, I love, I love, uh, I don't know if I've ever said this, but reading courtesy reminded, it was his moment of being in an abbey, them taking him in. It seems like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not really going to do super duper research on these poems. I'm just going to read them and say what they, what stood out to me. Um, and it was, I often experience God's, an experience of God, like God's love for me when I am taken care of, like in situations where I'm like traveling and I'm like couch surfing and I'm like, Oh man, like hospitality, courtesy, like, um, I just experienced God's love. And it sounds like he was at an Abbey and experienced that and looked up at the wall and saw the virtue played out in the lives of uh, our Lord and our lady. So there you have it. First written word Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed. If you stuck around. God bless. Bye.